Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for May 11th, 2022. I'm teaching a series about God's grace in our faith. Everything God does for us, he does it by grace. Grace is unearned, unmerited, undeserved. It is the free favor of God. Everything that we do in response to God, we have to do it by faith. Faith believes and receives what God has already provided, even though we don't have any sense realm evidence to, to support it. As a matter of fact, even when the sense realm evidence that we do have, a doctor's report, a financial statement or whatever, is against what God is saying, we choose to believe God anyway. What's on the inside, we believe the unseen over the seen. What's on the inside is more real to us than what we see even with these natural eyes because we believe God has provided things, all things that pertain unto life and godliness by grace, and we lay hold of those things by faith. But you've been learning that none of this is going to work until you believe that God loves you. So I want you to know that God loves you. Say this, say God loves me. Say God loves me and I know it. All right. I want you to know the love of God. Open up your heart to God's love and get ready for the word. All right, so let's get into the word. Here we go. God's grace and our faith, part 13, faith works by love, part 12. If you missed any of these messages, you should go back and check that out. The title of today's message is believing and trusting in God's love. I want you to believe the love and I want you to trust in God's love. Say, I believe the love. I need you to get that down in your heart. You believe the love that God has for you. These things were written, John says, so that you would believe the love and so that you could trust in God's love. Let's talk about it. So God's grace in our faith. We've been looking at John 1 and 14, John 1 and 17, and Galatians 5 and 6. Recently, I added Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. Today, I'm going to add 1 John 4, 13 through 16. So these are a lot of scriptures that I need to read to you. But while I'm reading them, look, this is the word of God. The word of God is quick and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing the to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit, joints and marrow. The word of God separates soul and spirit. The word of God can show us where our soul is not lining up with the spirit. So as I read the word of God, I need you to get, listen to it and meditate on it. And then I'm going to teach. You ready? So a lot of scriptures, just listen to it. John 1 and 14, the, the word Jesus, <clears throat> the word became flesh and he, Jesus, dwelt among us. Now we were able to behold his glory. It is the glory of the only begotten of the father who came from the father full of grace and truth. Verse John 1 and 17, uh, the law was given by Moses, but grace and truth came through the Lord Jesus Christ. Galatians 5 and 6, in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision availeth anything. The only thing that matters now is faith and faith works by love. Ephesians 3, 16 through 20. And I pray that he, God, would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and his explosive power. Then, by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep down inside of you and the resting place of God's love will become the very source and the root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude, of the astonishing love of Christ 
in all of his dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching his love is, how enduring and inclusive his love is, endless love beyond all measurement that transcends all understanding. This extravagant love is poured out in you until you are overflowing with the fullness of God. So please never doubt God's mighty power to work in you to accomplish all of this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request. He will achieve more than your most unbelievable dream. He will exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. Glory to God. I love the word. First John 4, 13 through 16, easy to read version. The Bible says, we know that we live in God and God lives in us. We know this because God gave us the Holy Spirit. And so we have seen the father, uh, we have seen that the father sent the son to be the savior of the world. That was Jesus. And this is what we tell people now. Anyone who says, well, I believe in Jesus. I believe Jesus is the son of God. This person has God and God lives down inside of that person. Verse 16. So we know the love God has for us and we trust in that love. Another translation says, we believe the love God has for us and we trust in that love. God is love. Everyone who lives in love lives in God and God lives in them. Woo! Glory to God. Faith works by love, y'all. All right, so now I read a lot of scriptures. What does this mean for you today? I have three things to share with you on this morning. Listen, I've been teaching you faith works by love and I'm coming at it again. Let's go, let's, let's attack it this way. And then let's add this passage. Let's attack it this way. And let's break this down. And let's attack it this way. Let me give you this example. Let's attack it this way. Let me give you this testimony. Let, and so this is how I teach, right? I mean, God has graced me to do this. And so we're looking at this from so many different lenses and perspectives because God wants you to get it. God is love. He loves you. He's trying to bless you because he's good, not because you're good. He's not trying to get anything from you. When he says, no, son, don't, don't do that. Don't do that. I need you to give up your will for my will. I need you to give this up for me. Die to self so that you can become this person. He's not trying to take anything from you. He's trying to get something to you because he loves you. You got it? Let's talk about it. Three things. I need you to rid your heart and mind of all distractions. Number one, here we go. God gave us his spirit, the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. So why did God give us his spirit? So that we can know. He gave us his spirit so that we can know him intimately and so that we can believe the love God has for us. First John 4 and 13, I just read it for you. The Bible says, we know that we live in God and God lives in us. And we know this because God gave us the Holy Spirit. See, one of the roles of the Holy Spirit is to assure us of the relationship that we have with the Father. This assurance is critical on many levels because as I keep telling you, faith works by love. And so until you're assured that God loves you, it's hard to live by faith. Unless you are convinced that God loves you with an unconditional love, your faith is not gonna be strong. So the, the reassurance of the Holy Spirit can impact every area, aspect, and facet of your life because this reassurance is, is telling you God loves you. God loves you. And I need you to believe the love. The Holy Spirit, Romans 8 and 15, tells us that it's because of the Holy Spirit that we're able to see God, not just as a God, but as a father. It is because of the Holy Spirit that we cry out, Abba, Father. I'm able to see God who sits on the circle of the earth. I'm able to see God who spoke to darkness and created light. I'm able to see God who spoke to chaos and created order. I'm able to see God as my father because of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit reassures me 
that I'm a child of God. The Holy Spirit reassures me that God is not just a God, but he's my daddy. Oh, glory to God. So now that I know that he's my daddy, I can come to my father as my father and I'm a son. And you know how, how sons, as a son or a daughter, you have privileges, you have rights. You can open the fridge. Nobody, you don't have to ask nothing. He gets a new house, you get a new house. You know what I'm saying? Your parents buy a new car, y'all got a new car. Why? Because you're a son, you're a daughter, right? You're an inheritance, you're an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. The Holy Spirit assures us of the Father's commitment to us. He reveals to us the plans that he made for us from the foundations of the world. And then he tells us, hey, daddy is committed to doing this in your life. Why? Because he loves you. Because he loves you with this unconditional love. The Holy Spirit begins to reveal to you the plans that God made for you, but will conceal from you. And so they, these are Holy these are things that, that, that God planned for you from the foundations of the world. You were born ignorant of those plans, and now he's pulling back the veil. And as he unveils things, as he reveals things, he's revealing to you what was prepared for you, but concealed from you. And then you get the revelation of it. And he will say, God, the father will manifest these things in your life at just the right time. At just the right time, you're going to meet the right people. At just the right time, you're going to have divine appointments. At just the right time, these things will manifest. There are provisions that are already stored up for you and it will come to you at just the right time. And so he's preparing it for you. And he, he reassures you that it's coming at just the right time. And your job is to believe it. But it's hard to believe it and to receive it by faith until you know that God loves you. It's hard to believe it and receive it by faith unless you are convinced that the Father loves me, that he wants to do what he wants to do in my life simply because he loves me. It's not because of me. It's not because of my performance. It's not because I've dotted every I and crossed every T. It's not because I have a perfect Sunday school attendance record. No, no, no. God loves me because he loves me. God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good and he's a good God and he made plans for me from the foundations of the world. See, once God reveals the plans that he made for you from the foundations of the world, you're going to feel unqualified. You're going to feel unprepared or underprepared. You're going to feel unworthy. And then this is where the love of God comes in. This is where faith works by love. After revealing these things to you, and after you deal with the fact that you feel unqualified, unprepared, and unworthy, the Holy Spirit then starts to minister to you. And the Holy Spirit ministers to you, and he tries to minister the love of God to you to the point where you can believe what God believes about you, to the point where you can believe that, wow, God actually wants to do this in my life. And it's not because I'm good. It's because he's good. It's because he loves me. Faith works by love. See, you will never open up your heart wide enough to receive what God wants to do in your life until you are convinced that he wants to do it only because he loves you. It is, it is this unconditional. I'm going to keep teaching this till you get to the Holy Spirit tells me to release it. But it is the love of God that positions you to walk in God's best only because he loves you. You got it? All right, number two. The revelation of the Father is a revelation of love because God is love. So the more the Holy Spirit reveals the Father to you. See, you read the word of God to get to know the God of the word. That's the whole point, right? The word of God contains the character, the attributes, and the nature of God. So I read the, the word of God to get to know the God of the word. And so as I'm reading the word of God, as I, as I get to know the God of the word, the Holy Spirit begins to reveal the Father to me. And he's revealing to me his character, his attributes, and his nature. He's revealing to me the fact that he loves me unconditionally. He's re revealing to me the fact that he wants to use me because he wants to use me because he is good. And so the text that we've been looking at, Ephesians 3 and 17, says the life of Christ will be released deep down inside of you and the resting place of God's love. 
will become the very source and the root of your life. Think about that for a minute. Think about a source or root. Think about a tree or, or, or you, you, let's think about a plant that's, that's uh, breaking forth from the ground. So on the outside, you can see this little tree growing or this little plant growing. But on the inside, there's a huge root system. And depending on the, the longer the, the trajectory of the, of the plant, the deeper the root system. And so Paul is saying that for us as Christians, the love of God is the very source and the root of our life. Like what's below the ground? People see what's on the outside. People can see what's above the ground. Oh, Rick. Oh, man, Rick is confident. Oh, Rick. Oh, man, Rick is awesome. Rick, Rick is articulate. Rick is smart. Rick is this. Rick, no, no, no. You don't know how terrified I am a lot of times on the inside. But you know what? The reason why they don't see it? Because I have this root system. What's the root system? The love of God is the very source and the root of my life. And so now... I, whenever I do get those thoughts of fear, failure, unbelief, doubt, uh, uh, I get these thoughts, what, what do I have to do? I have to remind myself, the love of God is the source and the root of my life. And so I'm meditating and medicating on the love of God. And it is the love of God that keeps me going. It is the love of God that, that I can dust myself off. And even if, if I did have a challenging day, which for me, honestly, very rarely happens, but, but I can still get up and be like, yesterday ended last night. Glory to God. It's a brand new day. It's a brand new, I have brand new mercy. And so, no, no, no. It's a yesterday ended last night. I'm, I'm, I'm ready for whatever God has for me today. Why? Because it's the love of God. That's the very source and the root of my life. The love of God is so amazing. Think about this. I told you this before, but I'm going to keep telling you. The love of God is so amazing that it takes the Holy Ghost. It takes the Holy Spirit, the Bible teaches, for us to comprehend the height, the length, the breadth, the depth of God's love. It takes the revelation of the Holy Spirit to, for us to get it because God's love is so different from the love that we see down here in this world. In this world, people say, oh, I love my house. I love God. People say, oh, I love my car. I love God. But then that same house that they say they love, they sell it. That same car that they say they love, they sell it. They say, oh, I love this person. They get married. Then they go, oh, I don't love them no more. They get a divorce. And then they, they find somebody else. They go, oh, I love this person. They get married again. So the concept of love that we see down here in this world is so different from the love of God. God's ways are far above our ways. God's thoughts are far, far above our thoughts. God's love is unconditional. God's love is unsearchable. God's love is immeasurable. God's love is so far above the concept of the love that we see down here in this world that it's really hard for us to, to grasp it. And we can't even grasp it without the Holy Spirit. It takes the Holy Spirit for us to, to believe and trust in God's unyielding commitment towards us. And the more we get to know God, the more we get to know this love, the more it will change us from the inside out. See, once you're born again, you have all the God. Let me explain this point real quick. Once you're born again, you have all the God that you're going to get. It's not like when you got born again, you got 10% God, and then, then come to the altar so we can get you some more Holy Ghost. You know, Come up here and let me get you some 20% more. Come back next week and get a little bit more. <laughs> no, when you're born, it's like you can't be a little bit pregnant, right? Either you're pregnant or you're not. So when, you, when you're born again, you're born again. You have the Holy Spirit. The problem is not, it's not that you need more Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit. No, is that the Holy Spirit needs more of you. It's not that you're going to get more of God. It's that God is getting more of you the more you die to self and walk with him. So once you're born again, you have the fullness of the Godhead living on the inside of you. 
You have God, but God doesn't have you yet. See, you have God, but you're kind of, you've only given God a portion of you. And so the more you walk with God, you, the more you have to die to self and yield to God. And, and Jesus said, listen, you can't even walk with me unless you're willing to give up the, your, the life that you have. You got to die to walk with me. You got to pick up your cross daily and follow me. So you will never do that until you believe that God loves you. I'm talking about believing and trusting in the love of God. So the more revelation you get of God and his love, the more apt you are to willingly die to self, willingly give up stuff, willingly give up your will for God's will, because at that point, you will do it because you know that God loves you and that he wants to bless you. So dying to self is a critical aspect of your walk with God. God has never required, let me say this, and let me say it slow for the people in the back. God has never required any less than all of you. Let me say that again. God has never required any less than all of you. And so God requires all of you. Listen, the truth is, I know people don't like to talk about it today, but yeah, you're supposed to repent. You're supposed to turn from your wicked ways. God is a holy God. So we're supposed to walk in holiness, righteousness, and truth. We're supposed to give up sin and selfishness. We're supposed to give up the life that we had for the life that God planned. But you won't do any of that until you know that God loves you. You, until you won't, you're not going to give up plans for some plans that you don't even understand. For, for Abraham to leave where he was, to go to a place he didn't even know, he had to believe and trust in this unseen God and believe and trust that this unseen God was going to show up in a way in his life in a way that he could see. So you will never give up your will for God's will until you are convinced that God loves you, that God loves you with an unconditional love, that God loves you and that he wants to, God is not trying to get anything from you. It's like, like when God says, hey, I want you to give this amount. God don't need your money. He's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to give something to you. When God says, no, don't do it this way. Uh, I know you have plans. I know you wrote it all out. I know you probably, you even told people about it, but I don't want you to do that. Give that up. I want you to do this. God is not trying to embarrass you. He's trying to get something to you. He's not trying to take something from you. He's trying to get something to you, but you won't believe that until you know that God loves you. And now when you know that God loves you with this unconditional love, you're willing to give up stuff. You're willing to die to self. You're willing to yield to him. You're willing to give up your plans for God's plans because you're convinced. I don't know what's going to happen. People say, hey, God, God told me no. God said, no, we, we can't do it. Uh, we're not going to do this. We're going to do that. Oh, wow. For real? Yep. God, the Holy Spirit told me that. Okay, well, well what's going to happen? I don't know. Oh, he hasn't told me yet. Uh, really? You just gave it up like that? Yep, I gave it up. And you don't know what's going to happen? No, I don't know what's going to happen because he hasn't told me yet, but I know this. What do you know? I know it's going to be good. I mean, come on now. I, it's not. Uh, God loves me. He's not going to hurt me. He's not out, out to hurt me. He's out to bless me. And so, yeah, when he tells me to give something up, even if it was a good thing, it's just not a good thing for me. And so I got to give it up. And, and, and he wants me to do this. I'm going to do that. How's it going to turn out? I don't know. I, he hasn't told me yet. But are you sure? But I know it's going to be good. All things are going to work together for my good. Number three, last point for today. Once you know that God loves you, your challenge is to believe and trust in that love. You got to get to the point where you believe the love and that you trust in the love. The Bible says, so we know the love God has for us, and we trust in that love. We believe that love, 1 John 4 and 16. And so I, the Holy Spirit, once he begins to speak to us about the height and the breadth and the length and the depth of God's love, honestly, it's a challenge for a lot of humans to believe that love because God's love is so far above the, the love of this world. I already told you that. Believing God's love is hard. 
because we live in a fallen world and we live with fallen people. So the human concept of love is so far below God's concept of love. Humans have a hard time believing in one-sided love. I've taught you this before, but I'm going to say it again. God's love is one-sided and humans have a, a hard time receiving the concept of one-sided unconditional love. See, we live in a world where we people fall in and out of love all the time because the love, the love that people operate in in this world is not one-sided. So humans say, oh, they love, but when that love is not reciprocated, they claim that the love that they had dies out over time. So God's love is not this way. God's love is one-sided. So in human love, they say, oh, I love him. And he says, oh, I love you. You're so, ooh, you're so cute. I love you, girl. Ooh. And then over time, when this person doesn't reciprocate the love, mm, this side says, I'm going to love this person, but that person better love me back. I love you. I'm waiting for you to say I love me back. If you don't say it, why didn't you? Hey, I just said I love you. Why didn't you say, hey, what are you supposed to say? So th this is this side love. And then this side, they're waiting for that love back to be reciprocated. If this side doesn't reciprocate the love, then over time, this person says, man, forget you, forgot you, never thought about you, right? Because it's not one-sided. God's love is one-sided. And it's hard for us to get it. I get it. God's love is like, even when you deny me, even when you disrespect me, even when you take the Holy Spirit into places where he doesn't want to be, even when you take the Holy Spirit into environments and you do stuff, being filled with the Holy Ghost that you're not supposed to do, I still love you. My love for you is not performance-based. My love for you is grace-based. Even when you don't reciprocate the love, I still love you. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm not going to allow you to reap what you sow. If you make dumb decisions, you're going to get bad results. Sin may not unravel your righteousness, but sin will unravel your life. And so if you make stupid decisions, I'm going to let you reap what you sow. That doesn't mean I don't love you, though. I'm still going to love you with an unconditional, unyielding love. And so I will never stop loving you. My love is one-sided. So God's love is so one-sided that, that you're like, wow, no matter what I do on this side, God's position is love on this side and is not contingent upon me. God's love is only contingent upon him. And I, don't know, I know it's hard for us as humans to, to grasp that, but we have to grasp it and we have to believe it and we have to receive it. And the only way for us to become the men, the women that God called us to be, is that we have to die to the men, the women that, that we became on our own without God. And we will never die and give up stuff until we know that God loves us, that he loves us with an unconditional, one-sided love. Now, once we believe in the love, then the next step is to trust it. Now, and now, when I believe in the love, now I have to trust it. I have to trust the love of God, that God loves me so much that I'm actually going to attempt something at the risk of looking foolish. I'm going to believe the invisible. I'm going to attempt the, the impossible. I'm going to attempt to operate in the supernatural. And when I get to that point, when I really believe it, Ephesians 3.20, the Passion Translation says, then he will achieve more than your greatest request. He will achieve more than your most unbelievable dream. He will exceed your wildest imaginations. He will outdo them all because his miraculous power will constantly energize you. So as I close, let me, let me tell you, when you fail to believe the love and trust in the love, you're holding God back. You're holding God back from what he wants to do in your life. Maybe 
God is not doing what he wants to do because you're holding them back because you don't really believe it. You don't believe the love. You don't trust the love enough. You got to give it up. You got to yield to God. God is not going to force himself on you. God will never force his will upon you. He's looking for your faith. You got to provide faith that lays hold of God's grace. Well, you will never do it until you're convinced that he loves you. You will never operate in this type of faith until you know that he loves you with this unconditional love. Why? Because faith works by love. Like I said yesterday, I feel like I'm giving you a master class on God's love and faith and grace and all of that. All right, so let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice. I want you to speak this over your life. Do it by faith. Speak words of faith from a believing heart. Say, Father, by faith, I declare that I believe and I trust in your amazing and unconditional love. I embrace your love in my heart. I love you because you first loved me. You gave me your spirit when I was born again. Now, your spirit reveals to me who you are. The more I get to know you, the more I get to know love because you are love. Your love is unconditional, unfailing, and eternal. Your love is one-sided. It's not conditional upon my performance. Your love is not like anything that I experienced out here in this world. So I open my heart to your love. I believe the love. I trust your love. I enter every day ready to change the world. Not because I'm good, but because you are good. I can do this because I know you love me. Your love fills my heart through the Holy Spirit. And with a heart that is filled with love, I can boldly declare, greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus' name. Amen. This is today's word, so please apply it and prosper. Tomorrow I'm going to have another one. So this is what I want you to do. If you're not getting my notes and you want my notes, you get my notes for free. Go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, put in your email address. You're going to get all my notes in your email inbox every day and you'll get them for free. Do me a favor, go into the chat right now. Leave me some comments in the chat. If this message was a blessing to you, I like to read those comments. And then number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline and with your friends. I love you and God loves you more. I want you to have an amazing day. If you like this content and you want more content from Isabella and I, we have a private environment. Check out patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. Watch the video. I, I love you. Have an amazing day. Walk in the love of God. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you.